Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good morning, if you're in that part of the country, or good evening, if you're on the other side of the world. I'm glad to have you here. Welcome to His Heart Line. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the hosts. They are the ones in charge. And well, quite frankly, they're the ones at the wheel. So that only means one thing. They are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. This is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Wow, wow, wow. We are just, wow, just amazing. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. We are just clipping along here in 2023. Just clipping along. Hold on. I'm just checking out a couple of uh, settings here. Check, check, one, two. There we go. That's exactly kind of what I wanted, I think. Uh, still still trying to figure out the sound settings. I'm still learning some things about uh, compression and things like that. So uh, forgive me here as I still try to struggle for the perfect sound. I'm probably going to forever try to figure that out. But anyway, so today we are going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, for this episode 442. And, uh, and then we're going to continue on after the break. We'll take a, you know, we'll cut this show out. We'll, uh, we'll close it out, I should say, after the prayer. And then we'll start the next show where we will be going over uh, what's called the Gerald Covenant of Office. And then we'll go over a couple other things outside of that, kind of like what we did yesterday. Went over a few things, and then we went over the Declaration of Unalienable Rights, and we read through that. Um, and then so today we're going to be doing a uh, a review and a reading out of uh, the Jural Covenant of Office. It's one of three documents that we sign and that we swear in with um, with our right hand on the Holy Bible and um, or our hand on the Holy Bible. I can't remember now. I'm like I'm fuzzy on that. I can't remember if it's the left hand on the Bible, or the right hand. One hand goes on the Bible. One hand goes up. But uh, I have to go look at the handbook on that. Forgive me. See, I don't always remember everything. I don't always have it right. I always have to sometimes go back and look myself. So we're going to go over that a little bit more in detail. Um, so anyway, let's get into the reading, shall we? So today we are going to be reading out of First uh, Peter uh, chapter 2. And today I'm reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. That's my preferred favorite. Um, every now and then I will go back and forth from that to the NASB. For some of you that might be new listeners. So today, in the beginning, starting with verse 1, and it's not very long. It's about eh, 25 verses. And so what we are going to be reading here, starting with chapter or verse 1, going through about eh, verse 10, we're going to be reading about God's house and his people. And it starts off by reading, Rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, insincerity, envy, and all slander like newborn infants, Long for pure spiritual milk so that though it may grow into salvation, for you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it says in scripture, behold. I am laying a stone in Zion, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in it shall not be put to shame. Therefore, its value is for you who have faith, but for those without faith, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that will make people stumble and a rock that will make them fail. Excuse me, a rock that will make them fall. 
They stumble by disobeying the word, as is their destiny. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were no people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. Tell you what, that's great. Now, as we get into verse 11, we're talking about the Christian living in a hostile world. Now, it says right here. Now, there's three little categories here we're going to go over. Christian examples, which is verses 11 through 12. Then Christian citizens, which is verses 13 through 17. And then we're going to talk about Christian slaves, which is 18 through 21. So the first example, a Christian example. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and sojourners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against the soul. Maintain good conduct among the Gentiles, so that if they speak of you as evildoers, they may observe your good works and glorify God on the day of visitation. That's the Christian example. Now, starting with verse 13, the Christian citizen be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake. Now, that's a very key word, for the Lord's sake, not for evil's sake, not for Satan's sake, but for the Lord's sake. This whole system that we're living in, this is a separate sidebar, ladies and gentlemen, this whole system that we're living in is not a human institution for good. It's not one that the Lord would want us to follow because it is all built on evil and you know Luciferianism, okay? I just want to make that very, very clear. I am not saying, and I'm not reading this for the purpose of saying we need to, you know, follow the institutions that are right there in front of us. No. But it says, be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the approval of those who do good. For it is the will of God that by doing good, you may silence the ignorance of foolish people. I want to repeat that verse 15. For it is the will of God that by doing good, you may silence the ignorance of foolish people. Be free, yet without using freedom as a pretext for evil, but as slaves for God. Give honor to all, love the community, fear God, and honor the king. Now we talk about Christian slaves, starting with verse 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. Slaves, be subject to your masters with all reverence, not only to those who are good and equitable, but also to those who are perverse. For whenever anyone bears the pain of unjust suffering because of consciousness of God, that is a grace. But what credit is there if you are patient when beaten for doing good? But if you are patient when you, are, when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. 
When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross, and so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness. And by his wounds, you have been healed. For you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. That is the reading of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-25. through 25. So, what does this particular chapter mean as we read it? Well, as Christians live on the side of eternity, does? In fact, it matters, okay? Because 1 Peter 1 established who we are as God's people and, and through faith in Christ. It described why believers are called by God to lead holy lives different from those in the world around us. Now, God has set us aside for a different purpose. Now, Peter now begins to get specific about what that looks like in our day-to-day reality. He begins by telling Christians to put away some specific negative attitude and actions. Instead, we are to grow our appetite for the pure spiritual food available in Jesus. Why does that matter? Because Jesus is the long prophesied cornerstone or the foundation stone in the new spiritual house which God is building. Jesus is the chosen and precious one. And those who trust in him are also living stones in this house. We are the holy temple of God. And they are the holy priesthood. Each one serving in the house with a responsibility to offer themselves as spiritual sacrifices. Now, those who reject Christ are destined to stumble over him. But those who trust in him will receive honor with him. We have been called out of the darkness that all others remain in it. And we come into God's light. So then it matters all the more that we lead good lives now, not because we might lose God's mercy, We surely won't, but because we represent him to the world around us, we glorify him. And Peter insists that we must change our understanding of where home is. It's not here on earth. It's not the address that we put on envelopes when we send out our bills or send out letters or enter into a a, a field when it comes to uh, online forms. It's not an address. It's not even a state or a country. Or a planet. Our home is in heaven, in God's house. That's our home. And we must begin to see ourselves as foreigners to this world because that's exactly what we are. And I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, each and every day as I continue walking in this path of ours, of mine, together with my wife and daughter, we look at each other oftentimes and we just shake our heads and kind of like, put our hand over our forehead like, this is definitely not our world. And this is why we need to expand this, this country. We need to expand, you know, we need to, we need to occupy this land we call America and our respective independent states, our free and independent states, 
as we reassemble and expand the kingdom. But we got to remember, this is not our permanent home. And speaking of assemblies, I just want to just say hello to Lisa from Georgia. She's part of the Georgia General Journal Assembly. Glad to have you here. Hope you had a good trip in Colorado. And continuing. So Peter insists that, you know, we must, again, like I said, change our understanding of where home is. We must begin to see ourselves as foreigners. We need to prepare ourselves to leave here in order so that we can be with Father in heaven. Right? Yeah. It's not easy to live that way. I get it. It's not. In fact, it's, it's, it can be challenging at first because we're so used to living a certain way. But once you realize that how you're living is not the right way, and then you start making the changes, at first it's hard, and yes, sometimes it can be expensive, but who cares about money? God and Christ will always provide the resources necessary so that you do live properly. He will always give us the tools in our tool belt. We need to remember that. We, we must not rely on our own understanding and our own expectations of how we're going to do things. We just need to rely on the fact that, hey, God's got this. And so in Christ, we have been forgiven for our sin, right? And we have been freed from sin's power to tempt us to do evil. But we still want to sin because that's the human condition. The desire to do wrong wages war against our souls. And we must engage in the battle with ourselves now that we have the ability to win it. That's right. And one aspect of that battle with ourselves is submission to human authorities. That is the biggest battle for a lot of people. Because Peter's readers at that time must have felt that they had a legitimate reasons to rebel against human leadership. But when Peter likely wrote these words, the Roman Empire was, or emperor was Nero. And he was an evil man who brutally killed Christians, among many others. And many of the early Christians lived as slaves in the Roman world, and some wickedly mistreated by harsh masters. Surely being free in Christ gave Christians the right to rebel against unworthy human authority, didn't it? Well, Peter, in this text, says no. To be free in Christ means that we have a higher authority. Of course, it's God himself. See, God's will for his people is to submit to our human authorities, not out of fear for them or because of loyalty to man or the state, but to freely give respect and honor to all for Christ's sake. But now, on the same time, you know, on the same token, and this is kind of my own opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, I think it, that there's a little bit, there should be a little bit more to it. I don't know if I completely 100% agree with this assessment that I'm, that I'm, you know, presenting before you. Cause again, I'm reading a commentary on BibleRef.com. Uh, you know, the whole fact that it says God's will for his people is to submit to our human authorities, not necessarily, because here's the thing, whoever wrote this is clearly obviously not familiar with, you know, the real power and authority that Christ gave us as it states in Luke 10, 19. And I don't remember the exact verse, but something to the fact that Jesus gave us, he, he gives us authority to step on snakes and scorpions. That would be even the evil human authorities within our government. Now we got to remember, we are the ultimate authority with God above us, God and Jesus above us. We, the people, are the ultimate authority. We 
are the ones that are below God and Jesus. We are the ones that, you know, we need to submit to God's authority and Jesus' authority. Now, the authority, there, there's no other authority above us. I'm sorry, this I disagree with. I, I will say this. I do disagree with this part. But again, I do agree with the fact that we need to freely give respect and honor to all for Christ's sake, to some form of fashion. But Peter is clear on one thing where he says, Christians must submit to every human authority, where it says whether the emperor, the governor, or the slave master, this does not mean obeying all that human authority tells us, as it's referenced in Acts 5.29, but it does mean accepting the consequences of obeying God rather than men. Because, I mean, there's probably a, a, you know, a little bit of truth there because again, as long as we trust in God, we shouldn't fear man or the, you know, the, uh, presumable authority that may be over us. See, again, I don't really believe that there's any authority over us other than the fact that it's God and Jesus Christ. That's it. Because even a King governor, whatever, guess what? They're all subject to us. We, the people. So it continues to say, nor does Peter endorse slavery or the mistreatment of slaves and servants. Rather, he tells Christian slaves how to, how God wants them to endure unjust suffering. And eh, I don't know about that either. I mean, listen, we all go through trials and tribulations and we deal with suffering, but you know, we're supposed to submit ourselves to endure suffering under a tyrannical, you know, under a tyrannical, um, under a tyrannical system? No. See, the people are the government. And anybody, like a governor, or in, a, in, in the assembly's case, a chief trustee, which is the equivalent of a governor, because if you look up the governor in the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, it actually means the supreme power, God, basically. Well, I'm sorry, but there is no man that takes the role of God. Eh, sorry. You are the weakest link with that idea. Goodbye. No. That's why we call them chief trustees. But going further into this, Peter says that all Christians are called to suffer for doing good. Okay, I can get on board with that. Sure. We are going to suffer for doing good. Doing good doesn't mean we're going to be reward, rewarded in this world. Because again, we are foreigners in this world. This world is not of us. We are not of this world. So, of course, if we try our best to do good and we act on good and righteousness, yeah, more than likely, we're going to be met with persecution and ridicule. And yes, we will suffer. I'm okay with suffering for doing good on the behalf of God and Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Because, again, that's what Christ, our example, did for us when he suffered on that cross for us. We did not retaliate or threaten. He endured the pain and, he, and the sadness of his suffering, and he took our sins on himself, dying on that cross, dying the death that we ultimately actually really deserved. And then we didn't ask him to do that, but he would still be, you know, we would still be lost sheep if he had not do, done that, right? But because he did, we are under the protection and care of our shepherd and Lord. Amen. Like I said, there are some things in that commentary I agree with, and there's some things I didn't agree with, because again, at the same time, back in the day, in biblical times, just as we have a cabal today, there was a cabal back then that tried to enslave humanity. Well, you know, there's also this thing in the Bible called a thousand years of peace. And I think we are inching closer and closer to that a thousand years of peace. Why? Because we, the people, are starting to recognize who we are. 
we're starting to realize who we are, and that is a child of God who has the authority to step on snakes and scorpions alike. That's red-letter language by Jesus Christ in Luke 10, 19. And if I'm wrong on the verse and chapter, please correct me, anybody. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just trying to go off memory. But we are the supreme authority on the land with God and Jesus Christ above us. Thank you, Not Afraid. I really appreciate that for, for looking at that. Thank you. This is why I like this community. I expect correction for the record, ladies and gentlemen. I am not prideful or ego-driven. If I am wrong on something, I expect to be called out on it as long as there's, you know, proper evidence. You know, I don't want to go on somebody's opinion. But just for the record, if I am wrong, and I can be and have been, I expect some correction. Because, again, this this podcast is designed to be based on 100% fact, or at least close to it, 99.99%. There's obviously always a chance that we're wrong, and, and, and sometimes it is, and not intentional. That's why I require and request. I require and request. Let me say it again. I require and request that I get called to the carpet politely when I am wrong or incorrect on something. Because, again, I have no ego here. I have no pride. If I'm wrong, I will admit it, and I will correct the record. So thank you again uh, to the one who has a screen name, Not Afraid. Thank you for uh, your answer in here. But um, we the people are the supreme authority on the land. And yes, I agree with you. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Amen. Yes, it does. But we are the supreme on this land, and the ultimate supreme above the people is God and Jesus. See, the lower chambers of government, like the legislative, the judicial, the executive, those fall under the people. See, God created man, man creates government. And because man creates government, man also creates what's called common law grand juries, which is based off of God's law, natural law. And so the common law grand juries are there designed to protect man, we the people, against the lower chambers of government that is also created by man. This is why we need to realize who we are. See, it took me a while to figure that out when people keep saying, do you even know who you are? Understand who you are. Realize who you are. And I kept thinking to myself, who am I? And then I realized it's so simple. I am a man, I am a child of God with the supreme authority on this land to step on evil, but not be boastful. Don't be boastful about it because listen, when you are boastful about having the power over the evil powers of this world, because you have Christ on your side, don't think for one minute, God probably wouldn't turn the other way from us for a brief moment, just to teach us a lesson. Do not be boastful about that power. That is very important. It's a very powerful force, prayer, and having the side of God on us, you know, being on God's side, having Christ in our heart, but we must not be boastful about it. And yeah, Oscar says right here in the chat, God allows the sifting of man. Yeah, I agree with that. So, we're going to close this out with a prayer. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk about the Jural Covenant of Office. Um, 
maybe if Lisa's not busy, she could probably put in the chat here. If she's not busy, she'd be more than welcome. I can, you know, have her call into the show if she wants. Cause I, I've been wanting to have her on, you know, on the show for a minute, but I keep, you know, between busy life and things popping up, I just keep forgetting to call her and stuff like that. But I know we've been wanting to have a basic conversation on like how to, how to bring up the assembly, you know, like, because this is becoming a hotter and hotter topic. And when I say a hotter topic, not in a sense of it's popular, but people are starting to gain more awareness of what the assembly is and how this is the only way that we return the power of self-governance back to we, the people and get away from the thumb and the boot, you know, the boot on our neck by these evil oppressive tyrants. So if she chooses to, she can let me know in the next show in the chat, but, um, you know, even if it's for five, six, 10 minutes, whatever, it doesn't have to be long, but, um, or we can do a different day, not a big deal, but anyways, um, but yeah, you know, we, we want to have, I want to have conversations with her on, you know, how to bring up the assembly, what to say, you know, um, what that looks like, you know, how it can come up in conversation organically without it sounding like a sales pitch. Another, another man I want to have on the show, his name is Josh. I can't remember his last name. His name is Josh. He's out of the Missouri assembly. Um, I've been wanting to have even Oscar too on the, on the phone here. Uh, he's part of the, I believe he's part of the Missouri general general assembly as well. Maybe we can have them on, you know, together, but you know, Josh, I've been watching some presentations that he's been doing on this show called uh, Patriots with grit. It's a podcast, I think on uh, it's a video streaming podcast on, uh, on rumble. And he is a very smart, intelligent man and knows this inside and out. I, he has some things he needs to get polished up on. There was a couple of things I noticed he missed, but Hey, there's things I missed too. So I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying there's things, you know, back to the whole, not afraid, um, the screen name here in, in Podbean, not afraid saying iron, iron sharpens iron. There are some things I actually learned from his presentation and I'm sure there's some things that he could probably learn from my, you know, how I, you know, explain things too. And again, these aren't my, this isn't my text. These are just documents that I get from the national assembly and I study them and I read them and I dig into them. And then I try to regurgitate it and present it in a way that's uh, more palatable and digestible for, for everyone else. And to hopefully save you some time so you don't have to read. So also, by the way, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to put it in the chat. If you want to remain anonymous, you can also email the show. Um, <clears throat> you can email the show at hardline at gmail.com. That's hardline at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to add in the prayer request. So we're going to close this out with a prayer, and then we'll get on to the other side here and continue on the conversation. So Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you again, as usual, for another day of life and good health. Thank you for this community. We thank you for our spouses and our children and our you know families in general. We pray for the good health and healing for those that might be dealing with some suffering and disease or things like that. And I also want to say thank you for answering prayers. Our neighbor's mother across the street, her test came back negative and what she had going on wasn't serious. It wasn't life-threatening. So thank you for that. She's home. As far as our nephew, thank you for whatever he has going on, not being a life-threatening thing. Turned out to be focal seizures, seizures, you know, created by the focal, focal seizures, I believe is what it's called. We're just happy that it was not a tumor or anything life-threatening in the brain. So thank you for that. Praise Jesus. We continue to pray for, um, um, I'm trying to remember a prayer request from somebody before on a previous show, previous day, um, Rita and her husband, Fred, for her mother-in-law, Nana. I'm not sure what's going on over there. Um, 
But whatever she's got going on, we pray for healing. And we pray that there ends up being peace and resolve with whatever's going on there. And we pray for peace and resolve for her and her husband out there in California. Um, also, low, um, last thing I want to say, we pray for uh, Madison Marquette, who is heading up a team. She has a team. And she goes around and she does um, rescue missions for women and children who are caught up in these human sex trafficking slaverings. We pray for her and her team's safety and for many, many victims to be recovered and saved and hopefully reunited with their families. So we pray for that mission and all the missions that are like it by those that we don't know about. We pray that these missions are successful. We pray for our assemblies to be successful and we can get our 38 states this year, God. I, I proclaim it and I command it, be it your will, that we reach our 38 assembled states, assembled and settled states so that we can finally move forward in a positive motion and right this ship we call America and restore peace to the world. We pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, uh, Lisa in from Georgia, I got your text and I pray for healing and that you feel better as well. It never feels, it's never good when you feel a little, you know, under the weather. Um, it really sucks. You know what? Also for anybody out there. So let me just tell you this too. And I should have a show. I, I've been wanting to get my wife on. She's such a smart woman, but we just made a new batch today. I say we, she did while I was making breakfast. She made a new batch today. Get a little Mason jar with, uh, as uh, honey as local, you know, found from as local as you possibly can localized honey, unfiltered, by the way, unfiltered local honey. Manuka honey, if you can find it, and if you can, you know, bear to fit it in your budget, it's very expensive, like $25 for a little jar, but just regular unfiltered local honey. And then you buy whole garlic and you peel it and get the cloves out of it. And then you put it in the garlic, you know, put the garlic cloves in um, the honey, let it soak for about 24 hours, let it to, you know, kind of get the spice, the initial spice out and let the honey soak into it. And you take a tablespoon of that honey with two garlic cloves. If you're feeling under the weather, let me tell you something. When I'm sick, ladies and gentlemen, it's usually two, three weeks. And it's usually two, three weeks of me being a complete baby. Yes, I'm a six foot three man, but I am a big baby when I'm sick. This is me. Uh, babe, I, I, I can't, I'm helpless. I can't, I can't do anything. I'm so sick. I hurt everywhere. And then, you know what she does? This is, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. <laughs> this is what she does when I complain. <laughs> she just sits there and laughs at me like, good thing men can't have babies. We would have no world. You're such a baby. You're letting a few sniffles end your world. Yeah, that's guys for you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back on the other side. 
Um, I'm allowing the show to go a little longer than typical today because obviously it's not the evening and I don't, you know, I got to work tomorrow, but I also have assembly calls later on, which is why we do earlier shows. Um, but yeah, I'm working tomorrow and then I have a, in a face-to-face -face, state meeting on Saturday, but, um, uh, but we're my, my wife and daughter, they're out getting their hair did here right now. So I got the house to myself. So we're going to have fun conversation on the other side. So we will be right back. And if we don't see you on the other side, I hope you have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world. Not sure where the sun is at on your side of the world, but day or night, may it be blessed. And uh, we will see you in a few seconds and give me about two minutes. We'll see you on the other side. Otherwise. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.